Why don't we have a couple of young ladies come and join me up here? I'd like Dakota and uh, Stephanie, if they would, to come and join me up here. Come on down, ladies. I just learned uh, in the last couple of days here uh, that we have two people who are actually going to be leaving us for a while. Stephanie is going to go and study at the University of Aberdeen in Scotland. Don't we all wish we had that privilege? You don't know this, but the University of Aberdeen is a wonderful place to go and study, especially New Testament, like in graduate studies. And a lot of the people that I respect are at the University of Aberdeen. So good on you. That's, that's wonderful. And you're going to go and be, a, if I understand right, you're going to go and be an intern with Kevin Vance in Regina, right? And work with, uh, in that portion of Regina, which is known as North Central, I think is what it's called, and which is one of the most impoverished places in our country. Uh, you know, one of the, I don't know if there's such a thing as a ghetto, but it's, uh, it, it's as close as you can get, I think, to that. And so, Dakota, good on you for going and, and working with Kevin. That's fa- fantastic. We support that work here. I don't know if you're aware of that, that financially we give to the work in Regina and Kevin's ministry. So for you to go and intern with him is absolutely fantastic. I would like to lead us in prayer and ask God to bless these two young ladies as they prepare to go on their various journeys. Stephanie, come right over here so that I can be behind both of you, okay? Let's pray. Father, I would pray that you would be with Stephanie and be with Dakota as they, for a while, go from us to do some things. And Father, whether it's education or in the case of uh, Dakota going to work with Kevin and Regina, I would pray that you'd bless both of them and their endeavors and that you'd watch over them every step of the way. We've been richly blessed to have them here. And uh, we just pray your rich blessings as they go. We pray, God, that you'd Give them wonderful uh, spiritual situations of which to be part, that they'll have community there that will nurture and help them to grow. And Father, we pray that you'd help us to grow in their absence. Uh, Despite them being gone, they will not be far from us. And so we just thank you and, and praise you for their lives and ask you to watch over them every step of the way. Through Jesus we pray. Amen. God bless you. Michael has already mentioned uh, that next week is, of course, our fall launch. Mike Cope will be here. We've announced this uh, for a while now. I really encourage you also, especially if you're a leader, like I can't say it's required. We can't do that in church very easily. But I would love to be able to require you to be here next Saturday morning at 9 a.m. to to be present for Mike Cope's presentation also. uh, But don't think, oh, I have to be in some kind of specific leadership position in our church in order to be part of that. Definitely not. We'd love to have you still come and be part of that. Uh, We'll meet down in the gym. There's going to be kind of a continental breakfast, some muffins and things to eat, and then we'll be at 9 o'clock and Mike Cope will be addressing us. And so please, everybody is invited, but especially our leaders, we really want you to be there next Saturday morning to... Uh, be part of what Mike Cope's going to be doing. And then he's going to be addressing us in both services next week. So please be here next week for that. I'm excited. I'm excited about the fall, our theme. Uh, we're going to put up a new banner next week, introduce the theme. And so I'm actually not going to say too much more about that. We've mentioned it a little bit in terms of tenacious faith, but we'll talk some more about it uh, next week. Well, this summer we have uh, dealt with some things that make Christianity attractive. Things that say to the world, you know, Christianity has some things that, com- that are compelling. And we actually are compelled by these things to be Christian. And to think about Christ in a way that the world doesn't always think of Christ. And so we went through a list kind of like this, this summer. Because Christianity provides us with a purpose and meaning for life, that's one of the reasons that we stay Christian 
and are pleased to be Christians. Because Christianity best explains reality. Because Christ is the truth. Because Christ gives us opportunity to impact our world. Because in Christ we can find genuine community. Because at its center, Christianity is love. Because in Christ, we're offered a second chance. and Because our, our faith comforts us in times of trouble. These are some of the things that we looked at this summer. Just talking about why is it that being a Christian is of benefit to our lives? And why is it that we stay with this faith of ours when so much of the world seems to be deserting religious faith completely, uh, but then specifically Christians too lose their faith from time to time. It, just, it grieves us when that happens. And these are some of the blessings of being in Christ. Well, this morning we're going to look at uh, something that kind of goes along these lines. But as I was thinking about this, it's so much bigger uh, than this. And what we're talking about today is something like this. This is different than the sermon title on the uh, order of assembly, but it's along the same lines. Christian spirituality as genuine spirituality is really the theme. Because it seems to me like we are part of a faith. I say it seems to me as if there's some question about this. We're part of a faith that focuses on spiritual things as opposed to those things which are just natural or or those things that are just worldly. In fact, it struck me this week that as I was thinking about this and I thought, you know, this sermon is really a summation of what we've been doing for the last year and not at all just for the last summer. You know, there's been three or four times, where's John Casella? Right there. I missed you during the Lord's Supper this morning. Yeah. Um, for three or four times, we have done what's called natural church development. And we haven't done it since I've come here, but it's a pretty prominent survey that churches do. And they ask the question, uh, you know, what are the things that indicate healthy church life? And they bring this down to several different factors. In fact, I have a list here of the factors. Here they are. The slide might be a little bit fuzzy. I just got this off of their website. These are eight characteristics of healthy churches. Empowering leadership, gift-based ministry, passionate spirituality, effective structures, inspiring worship services, holistic small groups, need-oriented evangelism, and loving relationships. And as I said, we've done this study now about three or four times. John could verify how many times that happened. Haven't done it since I've been here, but I have access to those results. And so I've gone back and I've looked at this a number of times. And the thing that we have consistently ranked lowest in, and not just by a little, but actually by quite a bit, is the area of passionate spirituality. And so a year ago, we started looking at the question of how is it that we can accentuate and grow up the spirituality, the spiritual level within our church. And so what did we do with that? Well, we spent a whole year talking about the Holy Spirit. Because if, if we're going to talk about spirituality, you can't talk about spirituality without talking about the Holy Spirit. He's the heart of what it means for us to be spiritual people. And so I'm grateful that we did this over the last year. And in many ways, what we are doing this morning is to almost sum up what it is that we've been doing in the last year. You know, in the churches of Christ, in our history, we've never been the most spiritual people in the sense of the Holy Spirit and his ministry. We've never focused very much on the Holy Spirit. He hasn't been a major element uh, within our theology or our practice. 
When people come in here, if they're part of a charismatic church or a Pentecostal church, or they come in and look for this intense spirituality on Sunday mornings, sometimes they might not see that. And it doesn't mean that we're not spiritual. But it hasn't been very overt among us. You know, we're, we're not the kind of people where when Michael's leading worship, we're all doing this. Okay? And not that I think you have to have that in order to be spiritual. Does that define spirituality? I would say no. But we just don't express our spiritual level as much as some groups do. And the question is, is that because there really is a void of spirituality among us? Or is it a different style that doesn't get expressed? It's probably a bit of both. And so I'm grateful that we had a chance in the last year to think about those things. I hope we've had an opportunity to grow. I hope we've had an opportunity to be different. And so as we look to a new theme for next year, and Mike Cobb's coming next week, I want to just point out how great it's been to have the old theme. And how wonderful it's been to focus on the ministry of the Holy Spirit and to talk about what it means for us to be spiritual in light of the Holy Spirit's ministry among us. Now, all of that makes perfect sense because the God that we serve, the God that we worship, reveals himself to us as being spirit and existing above and beyond this world. You know, most of us, I think, have a sense that this world is not all there is. That the natural world is not all there is. We don't look at the beautiful mountain vista and look at it and say, well, it's really nice that the natural forces came together to construct this scene before me. This last week, Ryan and Jessica, I mentioned last week they were on a trip and seen the western part of the United States and I mentioned the video with the grizzly bears. Well, this week it was the Grand Canyon. And so they sent these magnificent photos to us of standing on the rim of the Grand Canyon with the sun in the background and just talking about the beauty of it all. And I don't know how you can look at that and not have some sense of wonder and even of spirituality that goes beyond just the natural. And so, again, we've mentioned many times, you look at the birth of a child, the birth of a baby, and you don't look at it and go, Oh, isn't it wonderful the way these cells have come together? Instead, we sit in wonder at the beauty of the birth of a child. Feeling profound love, as we do so often in our lives, shouts at us that we are so much more than just cells and molecules or atoms that have somehow randomly come together. You unravel the beautiful complications of DNA and it speaks to our souls that we are more than just chemicals. When we consider the truth of things that are good or the falsity of evil, it makes us think that our world has something beyond just the natural that is here. And even the agonies of, of life when death comes, when two souls connected a moment of great pain. And you know what I'm talking about. When, when someone has passed away 
and you go to a funeral. And, and sometimes I know we go to a funeral and we're a bit detached. Maybe we didn't know the person that well. But other times you go and there is something that's happening inside you. And you can sit in the pew for a few moments with somebody else and we're sharing a life together. And there's a connection. Something happens between your brain and your heart, your emotions, yourself, that connects with somebody who is with you. That had the experience of the same life that you're celebrating that day. And the two of you share a moment. And so there are tears shared. Or there's a glance or a hug or a smile or something that connects you with a person. Even at a moment of pain and agony. Because there's something deeper in our lives than just the natural. We don't go to funerals and think an organism has left this world. We talk about people passing, and we remember, and they're not just animals. When a poem is read, or when poetry pours forth from our minds, we know that we're deeper than just being organisms. When we share an acts of gentleness, or a moment of human greatness, something happens inside us. And, you know, that's why these news magazines are always coming up with different videos that they want to show us. And, in fact, if you'll notice, you watch, whether it's CBC or ABC or NBC or whatever it is, how do they close their news programs almost every night? Almost every night at the end of a news broadcast, there is some kind of stirring segment that's presented. Oftentimes, it's a human interest story. Why is that? Why do the news networks do that? They know that at the end of a news program, that if they can somehow stir you deeply, rather than just giving you information about the events of the day, you're more likely to come back the next night and listen to them again. And so it's that human interest story. It's the story of some crippled animal who gets saved. Or a child who does something that's just amazingly cute. Or somebody who makes some sacrifice on behalf of others. That's how news programs close. Well, they were just giving us the news. But it was so much more than that. Because they know that we're more than that. That we're different just than just that. And so a moment of human greatness stirs us and tells us something about ourselves and humanity that we want to hear. Our spirits soar in response to beauty that we see in nature or in the human spirit. We simply recognize that there is something called beauty. You know, in the middle of the 19th century, when science began to have so much impact and uh, Darwin was doing his thing and a lot of scientists were doing their thing, there was a, a kind of a revolt against that in Europe called Romanticism, where the poets and the artists and the, the authors kind of said, you know, this is not all there is. We, we've got this movement of science, which is wonderful, but there is so much more to life than just science and facts and cells. In organisms, there's the human spirit. And I think they were right. And so the natural realities are not all that there is. And what I want to say to you more than anything else today is that 
Like you can't even say, well, we just have some characteristics here of what it means to be spiritual or what it means to be a church. Because God has, in fact, revealed himself to us as a person. And it's in God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit in the Trinitarian God of Christianity that we see a window into the spiritual realities that are there beyond our natural world. Human beings are always trying to reach into the spiritual world. And so they manufacture gods and spiritual systems, whether it's um, some monastery in the Himalayas or a Pacific Northwest sweat house with natives running into the Columbia River after they've been in the hot house for 45 minutes and they almost kill themselves jumping into the cold water. All those things are attempt to somehow do something with our spirituality. And every culture has done that. And so we try it through art and poetry and literature. When I was younger, people were always trying it through LSD. My sisters had LSD experiences. They might even call them spiritual. I don't know. We try it through mediums and spiritists who, interestingly enough, usually just want to take our not-so-spiritual money as part of all of that. But God is so clear that these are vain attempts at being spiritual because true spirituality can only be found through that which is spiritually revealed. Not because of some human search. And we just can't reach high enough into the heavens in order to find him. Remember the story of the Tower of Babel? You build a tower up to God. We can build a tower and we're going to find God up there. And God looks down and says, no, you're not. And he destroys the tower. And he destroys all human attempts to try and find him. Because he wants to reveal himself and show himself to us. And so look at these words. And every time we consistently scored lowest in passionate spirituality, we need to make progress and move beyond that. And so here's what God calls us to in terms of spirituality. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they were discerned only through the Spirit. And I want you to notice some of the language here. The Spirit comes from God. It is received by us. It's freely given by Him. We have to accept. And if you don't understand them, it's because you haven't discerned it through the Spirit. And so there's a sense in which all of this, not a sense, there I go hedging my words again. It's the reality that all of this comes to us from God. It's revealed to us. It's given us. We have to accept what's given. We can't find him on our own. But he wants to show himself to us. And so spiritual realities are those that come to us when God decides to show himself to us. 
The fact is we're incapable of reaching to the heavens. We can get to the moon. We've done that. We got to the moon. Are we going to get to Mars one day? Hard to say. Maybe one of these days, will technology a thousand years from now will make it so that we can get on spaceships and just fly off into the heavens. Well, when we get out there, maybe at the edges of our solar system, we find it's really cold. We are not going to find God at the end of the solar system or at the end of a rainbow. Because God reveals himself to us. We can't go find him. And again, he shows himself to us as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit by interacting with us, coming to be like us, speaking to us spiritual words of wisdom. And so it's been a great year. Looking at the Holy Spirit, thinking about passionate spirituality, I pray that you've grown in the process. And I look greatly forward to the coming year as we again have a chance to grow. Next week, come, hear what Mike Cope has to say. A new banner is going to be unfolded, a new theme. And you're going to receive this other new opportunity to grow. And while we won't be mentioning it specifically as much, there's going to be the chance in the next year for you to build on the spirituality on which we focused for the last year. And through the new study we do, God is going to keep revealing himself. He's going to keep showing himself to us. And the reality of our Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit have a chance again to come to us anew and to change us and make us different as the spiritual creatures that we are. So different from the world, so different from the natural, because God's Holy Spirit lives within us. Let's pray. Lord, you have revealed yourself to us. And you have shown us your nature as spirit. And it's different than us. We are flesh, weak, limited, sinful, short-sighted, unwise. And you are exactly the opposite. And you show yourself to us consistently. And you call us to something new and different. And we thank you and praise you.